Hi, singles. Welcome to the Big Fridays podcast. I'm your host, Tom, and we are on the final week of our series, Back on Site, Work-Life Imbalance. For this session, we will learn about how to have the same rhythm of rest like God the Father. Brother Edric Mendoza will share about taking care of God's business so God can take care of our business. Good job. You know, I was asked to, um, to encourage the people that are watching online to actually come face to face. What would you have to say to people who are watching online right now? Like, what's your name? Mars. 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 Uh, so how are you? I'm good. Can I sit here? Yes. So um, is it your first time here? No, it's my second time. Is there anything I can pray for for you, Mars? Your mother's health. Can you pray for me as I go up and speak? Sure. So I'll pray for you and you pray for me? Yes. Mars, Mars. Lord, I pray for Mars. I pray for her family, for her mother. And we just want to commit um, her health. And we thank you that we have the opportunity to pray like this for each other. And we thank you for the opportunity to, to serve here and hear your words in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thank you so much. You know, part of the reason why face-to-face -face is awesome is because you can do that. You can sit beside someone. You can talk to them. You can hear what's in their heart. You can pray with them and not say, it's horrible, right? I don't know about you guys. I love face-to-face, -face, right? So it is such a privilege for me to be here with you guys face-to-face. -face. I am honestly getting goosebumps because CCF is my family. And it's been such a long time since I've been able to stand here in this hall to preach God's word. And it is awesome. It is awesome to be able to do this at a time like this. So why don't we praise God as we open up. Really, it is a blessing to do this and to see so many of you singles who really are a large part of our family all over the world. You are the engine. You are the large majority. And so it's exciting to see that you guys are serving and you guys are here and you guys are braving even the traffic because it can get crazy with all the things that are still happening around us. So it is a blessing to be with you guys and I pray that my presence here is simply to be a messenger of God's word for each one of you, whether you are here face to face or as we've said over and over, if you're online. And we really want you to come join us here. It's never too late, maybe the next time. So as we've opened up with prayer already, thank you for praying with me, your dear sister that I've gotten to meet today. Let's start off with some numbers. I'm a numbers guy, and I want to share with you guys something on the screen. I need you to help do something with me as I open up with you all. I'm asking myself, what is the secret to succeeding at the workplace? We're wrapping up the series on work, and a lot of things have been discussed. Someone sent me a Viber message with some interesting numbers. I will share this with you, and you will engage me and see if we can get this. This will serve as a warm-up to our main message. Are you guys ready? So here are a few letters and a word. The word is knowledge. So each letter is a number, right? So A is number one, B is number two, and so on and so forth. So I want you with your phones and in your respective groups in your tables, if you're online, you can do this also on your computers. What is the total of these letters? So K would be JK11, N would be X number. So compute that. Ready? Go. The first person to come up with a number just shout it out. 96. Great. Fantastic. See, I knew that we had a lot of high profile, very sharp singles here tonight. 96%. So knowledge. Will this help us succeed in the workplace? Yeah, 96% maybe. You know, this is not factual. This is just fun, okay? We're having fun right now. I might be accused. The next word, hard work. Let's see if you guys can tell me hard work. First one to guess this. First one to give me the number. If you're online, chat it away. Go for it. Hard work. Let's go. Singles. Come on, I'll give you a clue. It's a little bit higher than 96%. 97 higher. Very good. Thank you, Dika. 98%. Galing talaga. Hindi na kailangan compute, di ba? All right. Hard work. Hard work will help us succeed at work, right? That makes sense. So knowledge, I need to know what I'm doing. I need to put, put in the effort, sure. What about, you know, that expression of Zig Ziglar? It is attitude more than aptitude that determines altitude. Do you believe that? Do you like lines like that? So let's see. 
Attitude. Survey says, what is the number for attitude? Everybody, go. Hey, nandiyo na pala, bilis. Naunaan ako ng clicker. I think the tech people are sabotaging my slide. Kayo, ha? Last word. So, yeah, attitude obviously is very important, right? 100%. How we come into this, Lord, this is a blessing, or Lord, this is a curse. That attitude will affect the environment we're in. And if you've heard me preach on Sunday, I talked about working with joy, but here is a different topic. Let's wrap up my icebreaker with you guys. Last one. Ready? Go. But that's not what I'm looking for. What is the number, guys? What is the number? So I'll give you a clue. It's higher. Lower than 102. 101. So the message in Viber that I got said, you know what? You can have knowledge. You can have hard work. You can have the right attitude. But ultimately, what will make you excel and go the distance in your workplace is a deep love of God. That's my warm-up. Why did I warm up with this set of numbers? Apart from the fact that it was fun, Viber sends a lot of fun stuff, even if there's a lot of fake stuff. I'm also sharing this because when I was praying about what to speak to the singles tonight, and with the brief that was given to me by your amazing team, I put together something that I feel is relevant to me and I feel is relevant to many of us. What is that? How many of you, you don't have to raise your hands. You don't have to do it even if you're online because it will be weird if you raise your hand by yourself online. How many of you feel tired, frustrated, discouraged, maybe even burnt out, maybe deeply troubled by the results of maybe things like the elections? Don't raise your hands. I was concerned. I felt discouraged. I've had deep moments of, you know, God, what am I going to do? And as I reflected on that, and once again looked at some of the amazing stuff that your singles team sent my way, I came across this formula, another formula, and I promise that's the last formula, almost the last formula for tonight. A large part of what we are all experiencing in the area of work is captured in a formula that I got from this book that talks about the ruthless elimination of hurry. And because I'm preaching to you guys tonight, I'm going to be preaching and giving you materials that might be helpful to you also, like this book. Fantastic book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And here's the formula. It says that many of us, because of our infinite desire, there's so many things we want. There's so many things we like, dream of. But because we are finite beings, you put infinite desire and the fact that we are finite, we can't do everything, we can't be everything, we can't have everything, it results in restlessness. Infinite desire plus finite being equals restlessness. That is what we want to unpack tonight. You see, the reality is many of us need rest. We're burned out, we're tired, we're discouraged. Because of this same formula or the statement behind this, and I like what this comedian said, for fast-acting relief, try slowing down. So let's do that. Our whole message tonight is centered on rest. Can everybody say rest? R-E-S-T. Rest. Look at the person beside you and see if you can do this through your mask. Say, rest muna. Rest. Rest. What does rest mean? And many of us might think rest is being lazy, doing nothing. Maybe there's a little bit of that, but that's not what the Bible tells us. So as we unpack God's Word and focus on these words, not mine, but the words of Jesus, my prayer is that the words of Jesus will speak to each and every heart tonight. How many of you are attending this singles activity for the first time. Can you raise your hands if you're in the audience right now? Anybody here? Raise your hands higher, please. Higher, yeah. Can you say welcome to them? Welcome, guys. Welcome. It's your first time. Um, the people here are cool. Don't worry. So rest. Our prayer is whether you have been here, here in the whole series, or it's your first time, or you're watching online, whichever of the two persons, I pray that Jesus' words will speak to you. And you will leave this place transformed because Jesus spoke to you and you're like, okay, Jesus, I needed that.
Here's what Jesus says, and then we'll pray so that his words will speak to us. Can you read it with me if you're here? One of the benefits of being face-to-face is you can be with me. So let's read this together. Matthew 11, 27, 29. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, Jesus says, is easy, and my burden is light. Maybe the reason we struggle to balance, or trying to find the hustle and hassle and the balance between that, is because we have not found true rest. We haven't been able to work from rest. Let's do that. Let's learn from Jesus. Are you guys ready? Lord Jesus, we thank you for the privilege of hearing your words, and I pray that that's exactly what will happen to each person here tonight, that we will hear your words, Panginoong Dios, wherever you find the people listening to this, whether it's here in the, the privilege of face-to-face or online or on demand at some point, that you will find them, you will speak to their hearts, and you will allow them to experience, maybe for the first time, the rest as you have designed, even as they hustle and work in today's age. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So as you've already predicted, we're going to break down this verse or this passage verse by verse, looking at four parts that will form the acronym REST, R-E-S-T. The first verse, and I love this set of verses because it's literally verse by verse, 27, 28, 29, and 30. The context here, if I was to give you guys context, is Jesus is actually not chilling so you'd think that when he starts talking about rest, he'd be like, hey, what's up? Come, sit with me, let's chill, you know, or I'm sure he wouldn't say it like that. Jesus doesn't speak like that for the record. But um, I think you get the picture, right? Jesus, you'd think, would be resting in the way we imagine as he speaks here, but no. Let me read to you a little bit of what he's doing, okay? So before this, Jesus says something fiery. He says, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword, for I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loses son or daughter more than me or loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. In other words, he's preaching. He's preaching. He's out. He's busy. And before this, he sends out his apostles. Verse chapter 10, verse 1, he goes, He called him, his 12 disciples gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every disease. The names of the 12 apostles were so on and so forth. And he says to them, go nowhere among the Gentiles. And he keeps going. He warns them. He's preaching. He's busy. Jesus is actually really busy as he comes into these verses. Chapter 11. He goes and he starts preaching about the unrepentant cities. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. He's just preaching. He's busy. He's going about his activity. And then right in the middle of all this activity, Jesus reminds all of us, hey, hey, hey. I want to remind you that rest is not respite from busyness. It is a return to me. It is a return to Jesus. Let's look at his words. He says, all things have been handed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. When I was looking at this opening line or this opening verse in the passage we're looking at tonight, I was reminded of something. When Jesus calls us to return to him and experience his rest, the first thing we need to do is maybe something you already know, but we don't always do. We need to remember who Jesus is. You look at these verses, right? It's saying, hey, hey, guys, I want to remind you of something. I'm doing all these things. I'm preaching to you. I'm about to send you out. I want you to remember something, a fundamental that's so important for you as you go about your various activities. Remember who I am. He says, no one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son. And to anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him, he has that much power. Let me ask you, singles, whether you are online or face-to-face, 
as you're going about your various activities and maybe you're tired, you're frustrated, you're discouraged, do you remember who Jesus is? Have you been able to stop and step back and just appreciate who he is? Remember who he is. I want to play this really cool video I came across. It's a spoken word to help remind us who Jesus really is. Let's watch this video. He is more than you could ever need. He's more than the eye could see. I don't deserve his love, but he's always been there for me. You see, Jesus met me when I was at my lowest. And if you don't know Jesus, know this. He is the greatest example of generosity this world of greed has ever seen. And when Jesus hit the scene, he changed the scenery and met diversity with serenity. If you're looking for peace, he offers plenty. Jesus was and Jesus will forever be king. And when the angels sing, they sing of the grace that was displayed for sinners like me. I can't explain him and I can't describe him. And if I could, he wouldn't be Jesus because you can't explain eternity and you can't comprehend the galaxies. But it was the loving hands of Jesus who spun them into existence and created man knowing he would go to the cross to pay our sentence there was a certificate of judgment with a period after the sentence and we were sentenced to death long before he said it is finished he is a father to the orphan a shelter for the homeless a hiding place for the abused and an anchor for our storms he stormed the gates of hell and came out on top and the power of his gospel cannot be stopped even when the world tries they try a lot. He traded places with Barabbas and became the catalyst of missions across the world covering every portion of the atlas. If you're in need of rest, I know of a mattress. If you don't know Jesus, your future is tragic, but he gladly embraced tragedy so we could live in his presence of majesty. His presence is presence, and it's his presence that presents preciousness to a world of peasants. He is far from pretentious, but still loves those who are. He is the light of the world and hung the stars. He brings the dead to life and delivers life to the dead. He took a crown of thorns on his head so we could put crowns at his feet, and I I can't wait until I get to kiss his feet that were nailed to a cross for me and for you and for every person around the world. He loves the world and I love his word because the word became flesh and in his flesh he demonstrated the word to the world. He is an example to every boy and every girl. He is a lover of black people. He is a lover of white people. He is a lover of the unchurched and the assembly under the steeple. He doesn't see the believers failures but still takes time to celebrate their faithfulness. It's the power of the spirit that enables us and gives us boldness when the world labels us and if you want to label me please call me a Jesus freak if that freaks you out good because it's better to be good with God than to fight being misunderstood by a world that could never understand so let it be understood that I don't worship man we worship Jesus and although he doesn't need us he still sees us and pleads with us to run to the cross where he bled for us his heart bleeds for us his heart grieves for us but still graciously grants us a pardon for our treason in a season where the world tries to explain away the work of the spirit with human reasoning there's a reason they can't because the spirit is like the wind and the wind cannot be seen but loved is the one who believes without seeing the unseen I'm telling you today that Jesus is something he's something more He's something great, and if you want to know him, you don't have to wait. He stands at the narrow path with a key to the gate, and you only have to reach out and embrace his grace. I don't care who's president. I have a king who is always present. I don't care who holds musical celebrity. The voice of the Lord will always be the sweetest melody. I don't care who owns the riches of the globe. My Jesus holds more wealth than one ruby on his robe. I don't care who is the strongest or the fastest. Nothing matches the creator of the universe and his immortal, infinite status. I don't care about religious leaders who died and stayed dead. I'll only worship the one who conquered death and wears a crown on his head. His name is Jesus, and I'm telling you, he's something. He was faithful yesterday, and he is faithful today. I can feel his presence whenever I pray. And when the time comes for me to fade away, I'll remember the day I heard him say, My name is Jesus. Do you know Jesus? I don't, I'm getting emotional just hearing it and remembering and reminding myself of who he is. I don't care who the president is because the king is present with me. Amen. Do you remember that? Remember that line right there? So would you look at the person beside you and say, remember who Jesus is. If you're online and you're with nobody, look into the camera and say, I remember who Jesus is. It is so awesome to just remind ourselves and step back amidst all of the things that are happening in our life and say, you know what? I remember who Jesus is. 
I see my circumstances, but if I remember, when I remember who Jesus is, then it suddenly seems like all of these, sorry, my wife is calling me. Can I just have fun with you and respond to my wife's call? Okay, I'm going to do this right now. Speaking of rest. Hey, baby. Dad. Oh, hey. Yes, Catalina. So, are you with mom right now? Yeah. Can you tell her that I'm literally in the middle of preaching in front of a hundred or so folks here who are amazing and patiently listening to you guys right now? No. Okay, darling, I love you. Daddy wants to show you that you're important to me, but I got to get back to preaching, okay? So, she's still persisting. She's asking if she can sleep over. What should I say, guys? All right, so everyone here is saying yes. So yes, yes. All right, Catalina, you're in luck because, oh, well, sorry, there's no such thing as luck. You're blessed because everybody here says you can sleep over. So yes, darling, you can sleep over. I love you. Daddy's got to go. Bye, Daddy, love you. Bye, Daddy, love you. Okay. All right, so sorry about that intermission. Um, I told my children and my family that anytime they need me, I should be available for them. I did not expect that, literally. So where was I? It is so awesome to remember who Jesus is amidst all the things we are doing. And if I was to share with you, maybe some of you very recently because of what's happening in our country and the results of what has happened, some of you might have started to feel a restlessness. I was helping a, a political uh, party list, which will obviously remain unnamed, and they didn't make it. And that particular party list, you know, as I was reflecting, I felt a little bit bad I remembered this. I remembered who Jesus is. I remembered who God is. And he gave me a couple of reminders. And here's how we can remember who God is. Do you spend time with his word? Do you get to know him so that he can speak to you like he spoke to me? So I was asking myself, God, how do I frame this? And he said, Edric, for I know the plans I have for you. Fill in your name. I want what is good for you. And he said to me, you know, I, I will cause even this thing to work for good. Because that's what I do for you. Assuming, of course, that you are following me and obeying me. If not, then that's a whole other lesson, which is not our focus tonight. But are you seeing the heart of God? Are you seeing this template even in your lives? If you want to experience rest, the first thing to do, letter R, is remember who Jesus is. Remember who your God is. Take a step back and let his words speak to you. And he says even this in Psalm 115, 2 verse 3, he says, Edric, why should the nation say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens and he can do anything that he wants. I am in full control, Edric. Trust me. Look at the person beside you and say, God is in full control. Trust him. Go. So that is one practical way to unpack this. As we look at remembering who Jesus is in our circumstances. Ask yourself, what do I know about him? Let his words refresh you so that you might, even by just remembering who he is, feel his peace, experience that initial rest. Letter R, remember who Jesus is. Let's move on. The next thing we're seeing in the verses is after verse 27 is verse 28. Can you guys read it for me? So I'm not turning my back at you and the people online. What is verse 28? This is so popular, right? Let's read it again. Come to me, all who labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. So here is Jesus in the midst of what he's doing. He's saying, guys, I want you to remember who I am, and now I'm going to show you what rest looks like. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's me. I don't know if this is you, but as he's saying that, Here's what he is reminding us. If the first thing to do is to remember who he is, we now need to, E, embrace him. It's one thing to know Jesus, and maybe some of you are like, I've known about him, I've studied him, I've learned him in my school. But maybe the reason you are restless, even as you work and go about your life, is because you might know him here, but you've never really experienced him. You don't have a relationship with him. You're not able to embrace him, to come to him. The action that is stated in the verse is to come to Jesus. We're reminded that rest is not relaxation. It is an active gesture to say, okay, God, 
now that I remember who you are, I need you right now. So I'm going to go to you. I'm going to take the action to actually spend time, do things so that I am moving towards you. I am coming to you. Are you following the text so far? So that's a reminder. Embrace him. Rest is not a passive thing. Rest is being in the presence of Jesus and being able to approach him and say, Jesus, I need you right now. I need to spend time with you. I need, I, need some of, I need some of you so that I might be able to get through what I'm going through right now. So he's saying, come, come to me. Let me give you some practical applications of this. My default in some moments, and I hate to admit this, is when I'm tired and exhausted from a long day, I will binge on Netflix. I don't come to Jesus. I come to Netflix. <laughs> Guilty. I'm honest. But how do I feel after that? I don't feel any better. My mind feels a little bit dumber, although it might have some good laughs. Although there are some good stuff. I want to be balanced in my approach here. But you understand what I'm saying from my heart. Our go-to should not be the things that we will indulge in. Our go-to should be the person who can give us rest. And that is Jesus. So ask yourself, who is, what is your go-to so that you might experience rest from a long, weary day? Here's another practical application. If you want to come to Jesus, there are spiritual disciplines in place that will help us make sure that we can continue to engage, connect, and strengthen ourselves even as we are trying to find rest amidst the busyness. How many of you work out? Raise your hands. How many of you work out? You have a regular rhythm workout. How many of you want to work out but aren't able to do it right now? How many of you dream of working out and are just, how many of you will never work out in your life? You don't have to raise your hands. Um, so here's the point. If you want to stay fit, if you want to be able to be ready to go the distance, you need to do some sort of discipline towards your body. And for those who work out, you know that a couple of weeks, a couple of days of not doing it, your body acts a little bit wonky. It's the same with Jesus. If we want to come to Jesus, there are disciplines that will help us ensure that we can come to him, that we can experience rest embracing him. Let's look at some of the disciplines. Let's recap. CCFers, recap. What are our spiritual disciplines? Do you guys remember this? What is this? Prayer. So are we able to regularly pray and say, Jesus, I want to be with you right now. Uh, here's what I'm going through. Mabigat eh. Wala akong makausap, pero at least nandiyan ka. So sana pakinggan mo ako. I want to pray to you right now. I just want to be with you. Prayer. What is this? Wiper, just kidding. <laughs> worship. Everybody say worship. So prayer, worship. Lord God, one of the most powerful reminders I have had is if we want to experience the same rhythms of rest that Jesus had, it was modeled by God the Father. After six days of working and creating everything, he did what? He rested. So do we have a day to just worship God? A day of Sabbath where we are not doing anything that would otherwise provide us income or make us busy and we're saying, Lord, today I'm going to worship you. It's your day. Every day is your day, but today I'm going to block off all these other things and worship you. You know, it's interesting. Speaking of the Sabbath, it is the only commandment of the Ten Commandments that has an explanation of why. Did you know that? Every other command doesn't explain why in the text except Sabbath. You must do this because of the following. I'm like, wow, so we need to pay attention. Did you know that it also represents 20% of the commandments because of the text put in there? So God is basically reminding us, hey, hey, this worship, rest, being with me, worshiping me is important. What's this? Word. Word. So prayer is me speaking. Word is me listening. Worship is me giving you time, God, and saying it's all about you. I'm going to pause from all the things I'm doing. So let's do it again. Word. And then there is this. What is that? That is quiet muna. What is this? What are you guys looking forward to doing face-to-face -face here right after I preach? Fantastic. Thank you, Tom. I know that guy. You must have an amazing disciple. I'm just kidding, man. Um, so let's do this. Fellowship is all about being able to be with other believers and open up about what you're going through, but also being held accountable. Can you say accountable? 
Big words. And I'm not going to preach on that because that's not the focus. But that's what happens. Fellowship. Enjoy life with people. Journey alongside them. Learn to cry and laugh and get upset if you need to together. But help, help make yourself accountable as well. Fellowship. It's very important. So let's wind the disciplines down. What's this? Hungry. What's this? Fasting. I'm not going to ask how many of you fast, but that is a powerful discipline all of its own. Fasting. And then one bonus that I don't think CCF has ever done. What is this? I'm totally going to make this up right now, okay? I'm going to make this up right now. Uh, I'm going to walk over. No, I'm not going to walk over. Tom, can you come over here really quick? Or no, wait. The nearest guy to me. What's your name, sir? I'm looking at you, yes. Boom. All right, guys, here comes the boom. Come here, boom. Come on, boom, really quick, come on. I'll go down to you. So let's see if we can do the actions together. All right, ready? This one, what is this, everybody? What is this? Discipleship. Share the gospel and make disciples. Boom, fist bump. Good job, good job, boom. Whereas fellowship is the accountability, you're talking, you're opening up. Discipleship is the intentional search, and you guys shared that earlier, right? Sharing the gospel, as Paul said, that is a discipline I feel we don't actually remind ourselves of. And did you know that the word disciple and discipline come from the same root word? So it's a discipline. Who can I share the gospel to? Who should I reach out to to help journey alongside so that they might be discipled? Are you guys with me? So that's a bonus, discipleship. And then finally, in the area of spiritual disciplines, of course, is this. What is this? application. We can hear. We can pray. We can worship. We can ask someone to tell us, bro, you should not be in that relationship. That is not going to lead in a good place. That person doesn't, you're not equally yoked. And even as we do that, even as we fast, even as we go make disciples, if we do not apply God's word in our lives, we become what the Bible says. We do not just want to be hearers, but doers so that the transformation happens. The discipline makes us stronger. Are you with me? So that's a very practical one. I went on a tangent there, had some fun with Boom. Thank you, Boom. Um, so we're looking at embracing him. Make sure we safeguard these spiritual disciplines. And the last practical application of embracing him is this. And I'm going to bear my heart a little bit, speaking of sharing the gospel. Is there a person that is here tonight that is exactly who I mentioned. You know of Jesus. You've heard of him. You've studied him, but you don't know him. You don't have a relationship with him. You haven't been able to come to Jesus and really say, Lord, I want to give you my life. I'm tired. I'm stressed. I'm lost. If that is you, I'm going to pause with you right now and give you an opportunity to be able to finally, for the first time in your life, come to Jesus. You're going to go to him and say, this is my past. Will you forgive me for all the sins that I have committed? And now I want to come to you. I'm going to surrender my life to you. I'm going to receive what you have done for me, paying for my sins on the cross, even if I don't deserve it. If that is you, whether you're here face-to-face -face or live, I want to invite you to bow your head. And if you, all of you would just bow your heads with me as we pray for this person so that they, he or she, might finally, for the first time in their life, be able to embrace Jesus and experience not just the rest, but the peace, the perspective, and the security of where they will end up in when we die someday. So you can say a prayer like this right now. Dear Jesus, will you forgive me for my sins? I'm lost right now. I'm frustrated right now. I'm discouraged right now. I'm restless right now. And it is because of this. Because I have 
had this, this sin problem and I have not been able to find a solution up until today. So now I receive you as the solution. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for paying the price of my sins and dying on the cross for me. Hindi po ako karapat dapat. I am not worthy, but I thank you for doing it. Then I receive what you have done for me right now. And as I receive this, making you the savior of my soul, I now give you my life and make you the Lord of it all. Would you guide me? Would you go before me? Would you direct me now? Maybe even through friends that I have made here tonight that I can journey with and do the disciplines with so that as you are my Lord, I will experience a full and abundant life that you promised for me. That is my prayer. Ito po ang panalangin ko, Panginoong Diyos. Salamat po ulit. Thank you for this opportunity to do this. All of my sins have been forgiven by you. He will safeguard your soul so that you know that you will be with him in heaven because you have repented from your sins and received him today as your Lord and Savior. Praise God and congratulations. And I want to say this, since I'm a family guy, welcome to the family of Jesus. So embrace him. If you have never done that because you've never really come to him, then now you can. Congratulations. Let's wind this down. We have two more things. What are the first two? R is... Remember who Jesus is. He is. And what is it that we want to do tonight? We want to rest. We want to understand God's perspective. Apply this so we can work from rest. Look at the person in your table one more time and say, rest. But don't fall asleep. Yeah, okay. Kasi tapusin muna natin to. Sabay-sabay na tayo matulog. All right. Third part of the verse. <coughs> verse 29. Can you read it with me again so that we can hear your beautiful voices? Go. I'm going to get extremely practical, but I'm going to surprise you a little bit with this statement here in verse 29. It's not what we might think. So I'm going to get very practical. I need you to strap yourselves in. I'm going to go through this fairly quickly so we can keep to our time. Are you guys ready? What does this mean? When we want to experience rest, we need to S, strap on his yoke, Jesus' yoke. Many scholars will tell us that when we think about the yoke that Jesus talks about, it looks like this. It's actually two people who will be bound by that yoke. And that's why if, for the Christians here, you will see in later verses and passages where Paul says, do not be unequally yoked. For the same practical reason, right? So you need to be yoked. Wow, that is pretty cool. I did not expect that video. All right, so, so that is a yoke. Thank you, guys. You guys are amazing. You did 101% here. Um, but I wanted to show this picture because when we think about that statement, take my yoke upon you, Jesus is saying, you know what? Everybody actually starts with being yoked with something or someone. I want you to think about that right now. What are you yoked with? You see, when the, the Bible in, their, in the context talks about yoke, there's a large part of it which means I am bound. I am enslaved too, just like an ox would be to its master. So when we look at this verse, we're asking ourselves this practical question. Who or what am I yoked to or with right now? Could it be your job? Could it be the reason why you don't have rest is you have made it an idol. You're so obsessed with your success there or what you're doing there. Or could it be that you've made a person that yoke? Or could it be a concept or a hobby? Whatever it is, we want to ask ourselves this practical question as we look at the picture of the yoke. Who or what are we yoked to? And of course, the application is it's time to change that. I like how when you see the heart of God in Isaiah 58 verse 6, he says, is, is this not kind of fasting I've chosen to lose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? It is God's desire for us to break ourselves free from whatever it is that has enslaved us, that we have bound ourselves to consciously or unconsciously so that instead we might shift that yoke to Jesus. We will take his yoke instead. Letter S. What is letter S? Strap on his 
yoke. Another practical application. I told you to strap yourselves in. I'm getting a call again from my wife. This time, I will not respond to her call. Or should I take it? Take it? My gosh, you guys are something else. All right. Um, hello? No, I'm about to finish. I'm on point number three. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, I love you. Bye-bye. Okay, See, that was quicker. Thank you, baby. So, um, so, number three, a yoke is a work instrument, guys. I love this line here by Frederick Dale Brunner. He says, we need to remind ourselves, I love this principle. I want you to see the twist here. When Jesus offers a yoke, he offers what we might think tired workers need least. Parang, talaga, Lord? That's rest. You're giving me a work instrument. Have you ever thought about that? Why is it that when he said, come to me, I'm going to give you rest, take my yoke. What, Lord? Talaga? That's rest? They need a mattress or a vacation, as you can see here, not a yoke. But Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give the tired is a new way to carry life. A fresh new yoke a fresh new way to bear responsibilities. Thus, instead of offering escape, Jesus offers equipment. He's basically saying to each one of us, do you really want rest from me? I'm not going to make you relax necessarily or take a vacation, although he can do that. He's saying, I'm going to reset the way you are framing work, and I'm going to give you my yoke instead. Replace whatever it is that you have been yoked to with Jesus. And then you will experience the rest he is talking about. Are you guys with me? So let's make it practical. So we're not supposed to keep our yoke with someone else, something else, because that will hold us enslaved to it. Instead, we must replace it with Jesus. He will now be our yoke. So we might see and experience work in a whole other way and experience working from rest. Here's what I wanted to share with you as another application. Instead of God Instead of us asking God to remove our work, we need to bring God into our work. I'll say that again. Instead of asking God to remove your work, bring God into your work. So let's look at a few verses that help speak to this. We want to ask ourselves, okay, God, I'm going to bring you into my work so that when I look at it, I realize you're my boss. And I want to give you my best. The, the Bible tells us whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men because he's ultimately our boss. What does this mean? If we want to bring God into the workplace, change the face of your boss to God and let him re re realize that he's ultimately your boss. Do your best. I mean, these are simple practical applications. In the work you're doing right now, do your best. My father, when I was very young, and I, when I was very young, when I was working in my 20s and I was looking at the corporate ladder and asking about wisdom on which job to choose when I was floating my resume, he said, son, I want to remind you of a principle. If you're not happy where you are, you will not be happy where you go. So you want to ask yourself, have I done my best where I am first? If you heard me preach on Sunday about working with joy, I used the line, make the grass greener where you are first before you look for greener grass. That's what this whole principle is. Bring him to your workplace. Have you really done your best before sumuguka or before you go? The next is 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And that's what blesses me about this ministry when I look at you guys. My beloved brothers, and here's kind of an encouragement that I'm hearing almost you saying to me as I hear this, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I'm seeing a guy, I met a guy earlier, see, um, see, I hope I said your name properly, bro. He said that seven years ago, he came and was a participant. He just came in, participated, and I believe it changed him. He experienced Jesus, and now he's serving behind the scenes. It's a great example, a great picture for me of what this means. When the Bible says, bring God into your work, you want to ask yourself, am I abounding in God's work? So that this verse speaks to me. I will be able to realize that none of the things that I do as I am abounding in God's work are in vain. It's not in vain when it is for God. Are you with me? So this is what we're, we're looking at. If we want to be able to bring him into our workplace, this is what it looks like. Let me carry on. Um, I'm going to pick up my pace because I got my, my timer cue. The Bible tells us in Psalms to number our days. Can everybody say number? number? 
number our days. I want to give you a very practical principle, and I'm not going to over-expound this. You can Google it so that it might give you some practical perspective. Edric, how can I number my days better? If I want to experience God's rest while I work, how can I strap on His yoke and experience what work looks like with Jesus in the picture? Well, we need to make sure we maximize our time. And I love this principle I learned very recently from a guy named Rory Vaden. Rory Vaden shared a principle called multiplying time. Everybody has 24 hours in a day. We all know that, right? But what we do with those 24 hours will allow us to multiply it. For example, very practically, I'm a dad. I have six kids. I don't know if you'll believe me, right? And yes, they're all from my wife, Joy, who called me two times already. You heard one of them. If I want to be a good father and have good years with my children and multiply my time, I need to keep my body fit and strong. Does that make sense? So by working out every day today, spending 30 minutes or an hour in doing that, I am multiplying my time. Does that make sense? So that's one simple way. So we want to ask ourselves, how can we multiply our time? What things can we do now so that it will allow us to do more later? and might even exponentially give us more productivity. So here's a very practical framework I'm going to share with you guys, and then I'll move on, and we will wind down. If we want to multiply time, part of Rory Vaden's principle is called the focus funnel. Sobrang, if you like models and stuff, I'm a geek about these things, so if you're not, I'm sorry, just take a photo and Google it. Basically, some practical things. You want to multiply time in your life, maybe that's why you're not rested, is because you don't know or you're doing all sorts of things and you're not focused on the most important things. So look at things you can eliminate. Are there tasks, even in the workplace, that you don't really need to do? For example, do you really need to check Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter during work hours? Bato-bato sa langit. Oh, may nag-amen, di ba? So, Eliminate tasks. You're like, I want to be productive while I'm working, so I need to remove things that really aren't me working. It's not really good. So eliminate that. And then you want to go down and say, what are things I can automate? Automate things like, let's be practical. Maybe during work hours, you need to be able to check on bill payments and all that, and maybe you can just automate that. All of the things that you can do so you don't have to attend to it and spend time doing it. If it's automated, it multiplies time. It frees you up. And then as you go down the funnel, are there things you can delegate? And I have so many things to say about that, but this is not a workshop on time management. So my heart to you is look at what you are doing with your time and ask yourself, am I numbering my days? Am I intentionally putting time so that I can multiply it for God's glory and His purposes for me so that this vessel will be a good temple of the Holy Spirit? Are you with me? So all the things you're doing, so the delegate part is basically, are there things you can train other people to do or you can ask other people to do? It might take you a little bit more time now, but if you finish training someone to do that very well, you can free yourself up from that 30 minutes a day or one hour a week, and that's going to keep going. That has just multiplied time for you. So that would be one practical way. And obviously, what it does as you do that is it leaves you with a few things you should focus on. That's what you now do and put your whole heart behind. That's how you can help multiply time. One other practical thing, and then I'll move on. There's a book. I told you I'd geek out and tell you books. This is a book called The Organized Mind. And in this book, they studied how the brain works. And basically, if you also want to rest your brain and work more effectively, you want to create systems outside your brain. If you're forgetting things, parang sabog, parang stress, parang, oh, I don't even know what to do today. There's just so much going on. You need to offload things from your mind to systems. For example, and this is something you probably already know, do you have a task list that you just write out so you don't have to, it's out there, it's offloaded. Use apps, use tech, offload things from your mind so that your mind is not compressing everything and instead you can look to systems. In your house, in your closet, in your day-to-day life, are things intuitive? Baka sa sobrang dami ng damit mo, and this is a practical application, ano bang susutin ko ngayon? Ito ba? Yan ba? That actually adds brain capacity and it just adds unnecessary stress. So look at your day-to-day systems, find ways to make them intuitive, simpler, so that the decisions 
are easier. And as you do that and you go about your activities, you're offloading these things, it also allows you to breathe a little better, to number your days, to maximize. Are you with me? All right, so let's move on. Last thing, let's close, everyone. Fourth part of the passage. Can you read it with me? Verse 30. What have we covered? R is? E is? S is? Strap on his yoke. Finally, Jesus says, hey guys, because I love you and because I want to make sure you experience my rest from where you are working from or where you are living and in all the circumstances of your life, the beauty of this yoke that he's asking us to take on, we're strapping on his yoke, is he says, I will actually do the heavy lifting. And that's why he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We saw the picture earlier, right? What I did not tell you is in that agricultural context, they will often strap in a strong ox with a weak ox so that that weak ox is trained. If the weak ox is ayogana, the, the guy will keep going. And he'll keep dragging him along. If the guy wants to go astray, he'll keep him in place and keep him in check. And as this younger ox learns from the older ox, he's like, all right, so this is the system. This is how I'm going to do it. This is my pacing. This is how I'm going to keep going. As they're doing that together, who's doing the heavy lifting? The bigger ox. Who's the bigger ox in our life? What does Jesus say? My burden is easy and it is light because I'm doing the heavy lifting. So we want to ask ourselves, maybe the reason we are not rested is we're trying to make it about me. Ako na, Lord. Ako na magbubuhat. And because of that, we're wearing ourselves out. So we need to transfer and say, Lord, thank you. I'm going to give the burden to you. The weaker cow is you and me. We need to say, Jesus, thank you for doing the hefty lifting, heavy lifting. I surrender it to you. Let's make this practical as we wind down. The Bible tells us, Matthew 6.33, Lord, you do the heavy lifting. My role right now, and I love this expression. I've used this over and over in, in my own challenging moments in the workplace. In, in one of my critical moments as an entrepreneur, one of my team members encouraged me. Our numbers were really down, and it looked like we would have to borrow money because we did not have enough cash to carry on our operations. And it was very humbling for me to come to that point and realize, wow, wala nang pera. Paano tayo magbabayad ng payroll, all these things. So only me and this person knew it. And as I was asking that person for advice, she said something very wise. She said, Edric, remember, God's work done God's way will never lack God's resources. When we take care of God's business, He will take care of ours. That's what this is saying. So I was thinking to myself, Lord, and dami ko ginagawa for you, pero baka tutukan ko naman yung negosyo kasi nga. But he said, you know what, Edric, keep going. You do my business, I'll take care of your business. And you know what happened? The business turned around. And that business is doing so phenomenally well, even as I speak to you right now. And it is really only the grace of God because we've continued to remind ourselves of that. God's work, done God's way, will never lack God's resources. Our job is to take care of God's business sharing the gospel, getting the good news, even in our workplace, discipling people, all of these things with eternal value. When we pursue that, God's kingdom, not our kingdom, all these things are added to us. Philippians also reminds us, guys, don't be anxious. Can you look at the person as we wind down and say, don't be anxious? The Bible tells us instead, pray and thank God. That, that's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to thank God when it's challenging, right? It's a hard thing to do that. But you know what I found? It is precisely when we thank God for the circumstances that the supernatural peace that it talks about comes over you. When my wife had to undergo major surgery several years ago and I was sitting alone in a room waiting for about eight hours because I did not know what would happen and they would bring out the body parts they were cutting up, asking me to sign waivers of uh, all these things, it was super traumatic for me. And I was alone and I was worried that the love of my life in this world next to Jesus might lose her life. I was very anxious. 
I was breaking down, to be honest with you. But I said, Lord, I remember the principle of motion before emotion. And you've told me who you are. I need to trust you right now. And even as I want to remove the anxiety, you told me to thank you. I will thank you. I'm getting emotional as I think about this. Thank you that you've given me my wife. If you're going to take her, thank you for the time she's been with me. I will cherish it. Thank you that we've had five kids together and you've given us another one. And I don't know what I'll do with this another one if you take her. I don't know I'm going to homeschool the kids because I can't do this. But Lord, I thank you. I thank you that even through this uncertainty, I can be certain of who you are. That you are unchanging. That you love me. You want what is good for me. You will use the circumstance. And I talked to you about that earlier. And you know what? His peace overcame me. And as his peace overcame me, and I, I know I've shared this in various circumstances, I felt him embrace me and say, okay, Edric, you're in a good place. Don't worry. Your wife will be okay. And 10, 11 hours later, I went to my wife. I looked at her and I said, honey, I missed you. I'm so glad you're okay. You have a second chance. We're going to make it count for Jesus. Don't be anxious about anything, but instead pray. And even in the dark circumstances you might be going through, thank God, and you will experience, this is not my words, but his words, you will experience his peace that will take you through it. I guarantee you, because that's his promise. Final verses. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. He tells us, even as we look to him, what's letter T? T is? Turn over. Lord, you do the heavy lifting. Because if I try to do it on my own, I'm reminded, you know what? It's ultimately you. You can take that away because it's you who actually allows me to do the work and provide for my needs. Finally, trust in the Lord. Can you read that verse with me? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. The reason why we will remember that it is God who actually gives us the ability to work and make wealth is because as we do, it is not us. We will now trust him and say, okay, God, I trust you. You take care of me. That's why we, that is how we can give Jesus the heavy lifting. I will trust you, God. You do it. You take me through it. Let's wind down, everybody. Here's the verse we looked at. My promise to you is that we would unpack this, see what God has to say and how we can rest. We've looked at each verse. It should be on your screen, but it's not yet showing. Maybe because my time is up. Parang red carpet, it's time for me to exit. So, yeah, it's still not showing. So the verses we looked at were in Matthew 11. And as we looked at Matthew 11, 27 to 29, we unpacked. The four verses, there you go. And we looked at those four verses, and here's what we remembered, or here's what we learned. R, everybody, remember who Jesus is. E, embrace him. S, T, turn over the heavy lifting to Jesus. I opened up with a formula. Let me close with the same formula to sum up our whole lesson for tonight. Jesus' words to you. If infinite desire plus finite being results in restlessness, I propose to shift the formula. Infinite Jesus plus finite being equals restedness. Rest is found in Jesus. And if we have him and we apply the things we've learned, we will experience his rest and peace for your life. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to learn from your words. Thank you that you speak to us so intimately, so personally, so dearly, and how your words are so clear that we can experience rest even amidst the restlessness of our work, of our life, and all the things going on. Thank you that you have promised through your words that we can experience this. And what we need to do is unpacked under the acronym RESD for tonight's lesson. Remember who you are. Embrace you. To actually take action to come to you. To take on your yoke 
and not the yoke we have maybe had with desire for more money or for, for, for work success or for the stress of that or for health or for any other thing, maybe a person. We want to really strap on your yoke, bring you into our workplace even as we do and experience what will happen as we do that. And finally, Lord T, we want to trust you to do the heavy lifting. Thank you that you've offered that. Thank you that that is what you do. And we need to acknowledge that and not try and carry it on on ourselves because we won't succeed. We will fail. We will struggle like that young ox. And instead, we look to you, Jesus, carry us through. Thank you for these promises. We look forward to how you will now do that in our unique circumstance, that we will experience your rest. We will work from rest moving forward. And Lord Jesus, thank you that you are infinite. You are boundless. You are everything you say you are so that we can trust that you will do this for us. We love you so much, Jesus. Thank you for your rest. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless everybody. Well, that was refreshing. It's so easy to get absorbed by work. But all we need is to prioritize God above anything else and He will help manage our time. Are you ready to regain your work-life balance? Here are some discussion questions to help you prioritize what matters most. Question number one, how is your work-life balance? Question number two, in percentage, how much time do you devote for work, family, friends, ministry, and the rest? Question number three, what steps can you take to improve your work-life imbalance? Make sure your answers are SMART, S-M-A-R-T. Thank you for tuning in, singles. We hope that this message has been refreshing. See you next week for our back-on-site Q&A session. God bless.